Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to OsteoCast. Your hosts, myself, Amanda, Colby, and Sarah here. How's it going? Hello. So today we're going to jump on the podcast and uh, talk a little bit to more towards our practitioners, students in the school or in school, um, or anybody who's out there practicing in professional practice um, about body position, body awareness, um, maybe tailor this conversation into kind of taking care of yourself and making sure that you're doing what you need on a regular basis um, to keep yourself healthy and, and not develop your own sort of lesion pattern or bad habits um, that maybe you've accumulated over the years. I know that I have a few myself. So this topic really came up because for myself, I've been noticing that in my practice, um, over the last few, few weeks of getting back to practice after taking some time off that, um, or being off with COVID that, uh, I've noticed that I'm rounding my shoulders a lot. I'm dropping forward, um, when I'm treating and it's, it's starting to cause some, not lovely symptoms. So I'm really trying to pay attention to that um, personally. But then you think back to all the habits you build, you've built from the time you were a student, an early practicer, um, or just some of the things you do on a regular basis. And so now mindset has shifted a little bit to trying to um, adjust those things and kind of get back out of those bad habits. So do you guys have any bad habits that you know you've, you've, uh, accumulated or any positions that, um, you try and avoid while you're treating just so that, uh, you can make sure you, you keep your, yourself safe. Yeah, definitely having the hydraulic table makes a really big difference. Just being able to change the table height. Um, I know prior to getting my hydraulic table, um, you know, I'd either be on my tippy toes or I'd be trying to do a really, really wide stance just so I'm not doing that hunch over position. But again, you go through an entire day of treating and your focus is always on the patient. And like Amanda said, I would catch myself just kind of having poor body positionings or my body would let me know by aching a little bit that you know, I'm not use, utilizing my tools as well as I could be in the clinic. So it's definitely a really important topic. Um, so I'm happy we're talking about this because it definitely affects everybody, whether, you know, your job is sitting at a computer and you need to keep good posture or if you're like us and you're uh, working with the body and moving in all different positions throughout the day. I uh, personally, I don't find uh, that I'm sore from anything related to the treatment, but I'm sure that I'm doing things wrong. I'm just kind of like a robot machine fridge. So I just kind of <laughs> do my thing and keep rolling. Um, I definitely notice every once in a while uh, that I'm slouched over top of, you know, the table or patients or whatever that may be. So I try and keep upright. Um, but it's really just being aware of your your body positions and your mechanical forces and the standard pieces or the standard thoughts on uh, body position or posture, however you want to talk about it, um, is important. But another way you can think about it is as someone that's learning or trying to, you know, improve their body positions is that your body is just an increased size of leverage. So when you're using, let's say, a leg as leverage to affect some muscular tissue or fascia or a bony structure, you consider your 
body an extension of that leverage or an extension of that lever. And what that'll do is it'll give you good lines of force so that you're not uh, twisting, turning, pushing, pulling incorrectly or the wrong way, using too much muscular force and or potentially hurting yourself, right? So uh, that's one thing that I always have that thought process with is like, well, my lever, like I'm an extension of that lever and I'll use my body in the most advantageous way to be essentially as lazy as I can be, which sounds ridiculous. And I know you guys were gone through this too in school and how things went, but it's like as a practitioner, if you're going to see 20 people a day, you need to be as efficient. And, and another word for that would be lazy, right? Like be lazy, sit on your stool, find a way that it's not hard for you to push and pull and move things around. You don't need to have you know, huge muscles to do this job. You just have to understand how to use your body and where to put your body so that you can make the job easy. You can make it efficient or the funny term is the laziness of it, right? So um, that's something I always consider. It's like, how can you be as lazy as possible, but still get great results and keep your patient safe? Well, and just building off that too, it's super important to set the patient up in the correct position to start with so that that leverage is easy, right? So if it takes you an extra you know, 30 seconds to set them up in a position that's going to make it easier for you um, to use your leverage correctly, then you're going to be better off. The patient's going to be better off and you don't need to, you know, exert a whole ton of force through them or through your own body to make those things happen, uh, make those changes happen. It's just then you're, once you've set them up and lined them up and you, you know, create some rotation or some um, push or pull action, um, then that force is going to be more readily accepted one by them, but two, it's less force on you or less, um, less work. Yeah, it's less effort, but yeah, less I remember effort, in school. Right? Yeah, definitely. And definitely in school, they, they kind of harped on us a little bit. Like if you go through and you're treating however many people in a day, you're going to really start to notice what your bad habits are. Um, and I think, although I knew some of those things were maybe there or, um, apparent in my practice, I would say now it's become, come more to the forefront because we've had some, you know, some time off with COVID and some things that I, you know, was seeing with my own position or my body position felt better when I was off. And then I go back to treating and then it, it comes back. So it's, um, yeah, it's just important to keep on top of it, pay attention to it. Yeah. It was a activity or treatment induced pain. And just kind of to piggyback on what Colby was saying, just and Amanda, just positioning your body so you can use that lean-in pressure and you can take your time and really sinking into the tissues. Because the reality is if you're kind of trying to put your full body weight or you're pressing with the muscles in your arms to kind of feel what's going on, you're not going to feel anything. You're just going to feel your hand get really hot or the tips of your finger go white or you're going to get an achy shoulder. So I think just stepping back to when you notice that you're not positioning as well as you could be and just going slower and taking your time to really feel the tissues, then everything will come together a lot easier regarding your body positioning and your treatment style. Yeah, like it's all about effort that you put into it and the effort of, of treatment. Sometimes you're thought process and the mechanical effort that comes through that is, is important and has to be at a high level, but the actual muscular effort and force that gets pushed in, put into a patient should be low and understanding proper body position, body mechanics obviously will make that better. Um, and me- there is no, like, this is the best position to be in. 
But understanding the mechanics of how your body works, just as you understand your patient is important for you to put yourself in the proper positions and your patients in the proper positions to get the best result, but also to be efficient and not get hurt, right? So I think it's important to note that like there's not a book where you're going to look and be like, this is the correct position for you while you're treating a cervical spine, or this is the correct, because every patient's going to be different. Every little angle and twist and turn that you have to use in your treatment to help your patient's going to be different, but it's understanding that your body as a, as a actual body needs to be in a good position and or mechanics as you go through it. So just being aware of that's important. And another thing is that Sarah touched earlier on um, tools to use like the table Um, it's not always like, it's not the most important thing in the entire office, but it helps hugely to have equipment in the office that helps you. And I don't mean like massage guns and all kinds of stuff like that, but having a table that goes up and downs or turns, or if you have patients that are having different levels of complications that you can, uh, lean the table up. So the patient's in a seated position or that their legs are raised higher than their hips in a, like in a flexed, uh, hip position, that stuff goes a long way for setting the patient up in the proper position, but then I'll be able to use that position and then work while they're in that position, right? Like, so I'm a fan uh, in my own office anyways of having tables that do more than just go up and down that also have a little bit of flexion or extension capability and not that you use that capability uh, in the treatment process necessarily, unless you're trained with it, um, but using it just to get a better position, patient position, uh, so that you can get in and work with your hands while someone's already in the flex position or extended or whatever you need to do. So that's something that I like as well. Yeah, I find right now with my table that's just flat, it only moves up and down that I often use different sizes of pillows and different things to put under patients' bodies where we need to to make them one, more comfortable, especially if they're acute, but two, set them up in the position that we need them to be in to make treatment a little bit easier. And Um, the other thing I wanted to say was that there was, I think it was a Dr. Still quote. So correct me if I'm wrong, but that, um, his, one of his quotes was that he, we think the bones into place, which makes us different from other practitioners because it's all about the setup, our thought process and how that works. And then the treatment's really the easy part. The mechanical forces are the easy part, Um, but it's the thought process is the, is the piece that sets us apart. So yeah, without doubt, if you do this do the setup right and you you have you understand the levers and mechanical forces then this the the actual treatment process should be easy yeah well and what you guys are both referring to is position to correction so especially if you have a patient come in that's very acute so they're in a lot of pain just positioning that body to bring them some ease to get that nervous system to calm down so you can actually provide treatment will go, like Colby said, a very long way if you have the tools in your office to be able to do that. Or like Amanda said, you just have lots of pillows and blankets so you can manipulate into that position of correction as needed. And you know, a good day in the office is when your brain is a lot more tired than your body, right? So then you are properly using your levers. And like Amanda just said, you were thinking the bones into place versus really trying to force or manipulate. There was a lot more uh, mental process going on. And that's kind of what makes osteopath uh, so unique is because of our thought process and the principles behind what we do, what we do. And just to jump back uh, to earlier in the podcast, Uh, Amanda mentioned keeping your body healthy. I think it's important that uh, as a practitioner that you see a practitioner as well regularly. 
Um, a lot of people don't. I know I'm terrible for it. We all just do our thing. We take care of our patients. We don't take time to take care of ourselves. So I think it's important that you find a practitioner that works that you work well with and uh, treatment exchange regularly to keep your body healthy. But also in that time, you can have some discussions on whatever it may be. If it's anatomy, physiology, if it's osteopathic mechanics, if it's treatment process, you can have some discussions and learn from each other, But which is obviously good for development, but also get treatment so that you can be a healthier person and keep those aches and pains and dysfunctions away. Exactly. And I think that just comes back to practicing what you preach too, right? Like you can only give from a full cup. So if you are depleting yourself and not kind of filling that up and creating, you know, health within your own body, that's um, one goes against what we've talked about, I think on almost every podcast that we've ever talked about, but two, you're also giving patients advice about what your recommendations are for them, whether that be, you know, they need to get out for a walk on their lunch break or, you know, based on what you know about their body and how it works, but you need to do those things too. That needs to be the forefront of, of, uh, care, I think. Yeah. And I mean, we're the worst for that. We don't do it. Right. And I'm sure it's the same in almost every other profession, uh, that goes with it. Just like they say, the shoemakers kids go without shoes, right. It's just how it works. So we got to fix that because that's something that doesn't need to be like that. Definitely have to fix that mindset. And it's a hard balance to find. For Personally, it's a hard balance to find. And I think I'm getting a little bit better at it, um, especially with having some time off and with COVID and, and kind of resetting priorities. But at the same time, we need to normalize the thought process that we take care of ourselves first and patients second um, in terms of making sure that we're at our best for our patients. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In my mind, it's just like a little bit selfish, right? If you don't care, take care of your body and then you break down and you kind of leave somebody else to pick up the pieces. But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. So back to practitioner body position, body awareness. Is there anything that you've done um, or a little tip or trick that's helped you um, along the way? that or maybe something that's just popped into your mind and changed how you've done a movement um or you know an awareness i know sarah mentioned like she widens her feet sometimes um to make sure she can get the right angle or you know i know sometimes changing the table height is helpful um but also to really for my me um thinking about keeping my chest up is one of the the biggest pieces because i tend to let that drop and let my head fall forward um and that's not the best way for me to create leverage. Um, so that's something I've personally been working on in the, in my practice. I would say the biggest change for myself has been just to focus more on a lean-in pressure and utilizing the levers as appropriately as I can um, to create that change I'm looking for. And then as well, whether it's I do find I like to switch how I'm treating. So I use a different position or be on the other side of the table. So as much as I can, I try to do it differently every time. So let's say, you know, the way it happens is we often get, you know, a bunch of shoulders coming into the office on the same day, right? Everyone has a shoulder issue on that day. So just trying to utilize my tools in my toolbox to do 
obviously treating for the body, but trying to pull different tools out just to kind of keep one, my mind going and two, just to play around with that body positioning. So it becomes a habit and then I don't need to think about it down the line. And I have installed good habits in my daily practice of providing treatment. It's just a, a daily reflection in and out. It's like as you go through the process and you're doing different movements and different uh, treatment methodologies, it's just having an understanding and reflecting on what you've done and how your body feels based on that and making changes as needed, both on the uh, effectiveness and efficiency of treatment, but also obviously the patient effort. Exactly. And I think to both your points, it's just really important that you're. it's a constant thing. It's, it's not going to be like something that you just decide one day not to think about anymore um, because it's got to be a constant thing. It's like yeah, how we've talked about our practice being a practice, right? This is just something you're always going to have to think about and always going to have to watch for and always going to have to realize. And it's going to change day to day, week to week, month to month, like over the years. Um, and building those habits from the get-go is super important. So if you're a new practitioner out there, it's important that you start with a good foundation and a good base um, because those are really the things that you're going to rely on when you get out into professional practice. And there's a lot of more more pressing, overwhelming things that are are going on so you can get your practice up and running. And I think if you can, just in order to do some self-reflection, if you do feel like you know, you have no issues with your body position while you're working is just record yourself um, with permission if you're treating kind of family or friends, just so you can actually get that bird's eye view to see if you actually look how you think you look when you're treating. So how is your posture? How is your hand positioning? Are your feet tangled up? Or do you have what we call an A-frame stance? So just that's one way you can self-reflect if you aren't finding you're good at recognizing throughout your treatments how your body is positioning poorly or correctly. Awesome. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? No, I don't. I think that's about it for me. Perfect. Well, we've made some had some good points and some good tips. So if you're a practitioner out there and you have something we've missed, something we hadn't thought about, something you want to add into the conversation, you can reach out to us at on Instagram at osteocast underscore. And yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thanks for, coming, Thanks for guys. listening, guys. Talk Look forward to hearing from you. Talk soon.